maybe you could have felt alone. Uh, maybe you could have felt like uh, you were isolated and all by yourself. And so this piece of scripture that we've been in, John chapter 15, verses 1 through 11, has been the anchor to this series where we've been looking at what does it look like to stay? What does it look like to abide in Christ? And, and uh, as we close out this series, I want to do so by starting at the beginning. I'm going to read you just five words. Five words, and we're going to build this entire conversation today off of these five words. So to end this we got to start at the beginning, and this is what Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 1. He says, I am the true vine. I am the true vine. So today as we continue on in this collection of talks, I want to speak to us from the subject, consider the source. Consider the source as we deal with our mind and what we allow to source and supply it. Will you pray with me just one more time this morning? Jesus, we love you. We celebrate you today. We worship you and we honor you in this place. And right now I ask that these would not be my words, but they would be your words. They would be your words to every single person who is attending today, watching today, engaging today. And I pray that your words would strengthen us. I pray that your words would bring comfort to us. I pray that your words would bring wholeness today. And ultimately, I pray that you would renew our minds today. So we focus on you in this moment. We give you this space. Have your way. We tune everything out right now so that you could speak to us. Our ears are, are open and our hearts are ready to receive from you. In Jesus' mighty name, come on from wherever you're at today. Would you just shout amen, amen, and amen. Um, my two-year-old daughter eats stuff off the ground. It's the truth. Some of you right now are like, well, I'm 35 and I still eat stuff off the ground, so <laughs> that's fine. But uh, Wednesday is my day to hang out with my, my kids, so I work from home. Uh, Erica spends the day doing meetings and doing everything that she needs to do, so I do a lot more like my study, and I just hang out with the kids at home, and it's kind of our day to, to just be with each other and let Erica do everything that she needs to do. And uh, a couple Wednesdays ago... Um, I, I caught Elle eating something, and I didn't know where she had gotten it from. Now, this is, mind you, an almost three-year-old that has two older siblings. So those of you with, like, older kids and then a young kid understand what I'm talking about. They, they seem to, like, hyper-accelerate. They seem to do things that you wouldn't think they would do as a two- or a three-year-old. And so the other day, she's eating something, and I didn't know where she had gotten it from, so it startled me. And, I, and, I, and like in all honesty, and my wife's in the room right now, so I'm going to get in trouble for this afterwards, I probably wasn't paying attention to her the way that I should have been paying attention to her. So she's just running around, you know, in total Lord of the Flies chaos. And so, um, so I was like kind of paying attention to her because she knows how to go to the pantry and get stuff out of the, out of the pantry. So I was like, okay, uh, that's cool. Um, she's obviously getting stuff out of the pantry. And so a few minutes go by, I tuned back into what I was doing. And, you know, we had kids shows on in the background. And then she comes back by me and she's chomping on something again. And I was like, Man, what is she eating? Like, where is she getting this? And then this, I asked her this question. I was like, Eliana, where, where did you get that from? And this is what she said. She goes, doggy bowl. And I was like, oh, praise the Lord. <laughs> awesome. And so she was eating a piece of the dog food from our new puppy that we have. And, and I saw it and I was like kind of freaking out. And then I realized, ah, there's lots of fiber and it, it'll work itself out later. And so um, at the end of the day, what struck me in that moment wasn't even what she was eating, but it was the question that I asked her. And I think it's a question we need to wrestle with, what, wrestle with right now. Where did you get that from? 
Where did you get that from? See, what we think is important. How we think is important. And understanding where our thoughts and our ideas come from, who and what they are sourced by, is equally important. And I think more than ever, I have been made aware of this truth in my life personally and in the lives of so many others, especially these past few months. And if there's one thing in these past eight to 10 weeks that has been highlighted for me, it is the importance of my mind and understanding what my mind is being sourced with and who it's being sourced by. Where did I get that from? Paul the Apostle would deal with this issue in chapter four of Philippians, verses eight to nine, he would say this, as he would write, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any moral excellence, if there's anything praiseworthy, dwell on these things. Dwell on, on these things. That word dwell, live in these things, stay in these things, abide in these things. Do what you've learned and received and heard from me and seen to me. And then watch what he says, and the God of peace will be with you. Oswald Chambers puts it like this in his book, The Moral Foundation of Life, a series on the ethical principles of the Christian life, I know, long title, as he writes this, never submit to the tyrannous idea that you cannot look after your mind because you can. See, we spend and we toil and we work so hard at trying to rationalize what is irrational, don't we? Come on, somebody. We try and add things up and quantify and permit thoughts and feelings to run course in our lives that have no, I want you to hear this, that have no right to do so. And therefore we never experience peace because we will not let our minds be at rest. And I believe that Philippians 4 is a recipe for rest for our minds. See, the truth is, is that the power to look after one's own mind and thoughts is not about willpower and it's not about control. It's about proper sourcing and the ability to stay connected to the true vine. Jesus says, I am the true vine. What he's saying to you and to I is that we are sourced with truth when we are connected to truth. And our mind rests in truth when we are connected to this true vine. Because here's the truth. What we are sourced with comes from what we are secured to. What we are sourced with comes from what we are secured to. I want, I want to ask you this question this morning if you're taking notes. What are you secured to? What are you anchored in? What are you abiding in? What are you staying in? Because I want to, I want to contend this morning that what you, are, what you are secured to will source you. You will receive from what you are connected to. So Jesus offers us this truth right at the beginning of John chapter 15. He says, I'm the true vine. If you connect to me and you're going to receive everything that you need that is truthful. You can rest your life on it. You can rest your mind on it. You can rest your spirit in it. You can build off of it. Why? Because I'm going to source you with everything that you need. I'm a source you. And I've discovered that many of the thoughts, especially the ones that I struggle with, are thoughts, ideas, and notions that have found their genesis in a source other than Jesus. And I can take solace in the idea that, that they are lies. For sure, I can, I can come to that conclusion. But it's amazing how I tend to listen to them as I let them in. And if you're like me, after the thought has had its time to do its destruction, I find myself asking myself, why did you let that thought in? Come on, everybody with me this morning. 
The answer is, is because it was the source I was connected to in that moment. I almost had it seemingly was like I had no choice because I connected myself to a source other than the true vine. So we've got to consider the source. When we are connected to the true vine, when we are being sourced by Jesus as we abide in him, it changes the way that we think, which in turn changes the way that we do life. So today I want to look at three truths that are vital for us to understand. Three truths that are vital for us to understand when it comes to our thinking being connected to the true vine and what we source our minds with. What we source our minds with. I want to ask you this question as we get into these truths. What is your mind sourced by? Who's it sourced by? What things are we thinking and I think for a lot of us, we have a tendency to just kind of bend over and bow and we say, well, whatever's going on up there is what's going on up there. But Jesus is, is giving us a different template for life. He's giving us a, t- a different template for the reality that we face, which is this, is that our mind, when connected to the true vine, it changes everything. So I want us to, in real time as we wrestle through these truths, I want you to work with me if you can. Work with me online this morning and start to assess as we look at these things, where, where's that thought coming from? Where's that perspective coming from? Where's that idea coming from? Where is that tape playing from? Come on, how many of you know what I'm talking about? The tape that keeps on playing in the background or for this generation, the iTunes song that keeps on playing in the background? Some of you are like, what's the tape, right? So I wanna consider these truths this morning, three truths that we need to understand about what we source our minds with. Here's the first one, first thing that I need us to know is that we must keep a constant inventory of truth. In order, to, in order to keep connected to this true vine, Jesus, we must keep a constant inventory of truth. Look at that, a constant inventory of truth. Colossians chapter two, verses eight through 10 says this, be careful that no one takes you captive. We read this earlier in the, in the series. Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elements of the world rather than Christ. For the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ. In other words, all of God is in Jesus. And you have been, check this out, filled by him. That's good news right there. I've been filled by him. And when we think we're full of other stuff or somebody tells you you are full of something else, come on somebody, you've been filled by Christ who is the head of over every ruler and authority. Paul would put it in a very poetic and artistic way. Ephesians chapter six, verse 14, he would say this, stand therefore with truth like a belt around your waist. Now, in the context of this verse, Paul's dealing with this armor that we've been called to put on, and he submits to us that truth holds everything together. And you might know what I'm talking about because when my life is based on a lie, it tends to crumble day in and day out. But when I got the belt of truth wrapped around my life, it stays together no matter what I'm putting on. When it's in Christ, it stays in me. And then Jesus doubles down. Just a lot of Bible this morning. Jesus doubles down on all this. And he makes one of the most straightforward and exact statements about truth we will ever hear. This is what he says. John chapter 14, verse 6. I am the way. I am the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. (laughs) That's bold right there. 
That's massive right there. There's so much weight to that. I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. If somebody were to walk up to you today and say that, you might throat chop them. Why? Because the arrogance, the audacity, oh my God, like how could you say that? And Jesus submits to us today that he is not just the true vine, but he is the way, the truth, and the life. Paul tells us to put a belt of truth around it, and Paul tells us in Colossians not to be tricked by anything else. Allow your mind to be connected to the vine. And the unfortunate issue that we face right now is that we have made truth a relative concept rather than a secure foundation. And compounding the issue is that we have made our thoughts and our feelings the basis for all truth. And this is where we get into some really big trouble. Oswald Chambers, I wanna continue on with this um, thought. It's a big, long chunk, but I'm spacing it across all these points because he wrote some pretty amazing stuff. Watch what he says right here. He deals with this reality. He says, the, the tyranny of intellect is that we see everything in the light of one principle. And then when there's a gap as there is in the moral development of man, the intellect has to ignore it and say these things are mere upsets. The Bible supplies the facts for the gap, come on, which the intellect, watch what he says, will not accept. The intellect simply works on a process of logic along one line, but life is never a process of logic. Actually, life is the most illogical thing we will ever know. How many of you know what I'm talking about right now? How many of you have sat here over the past eight to 10 weeks and went, this makes no sense? Come on. I gotta tell you truthfully right now, this is a statement that I've become much too familiar with, especially over this past year of my life. If it was not for truth that I have in Jesus, the mere intellectual upsets that I've experienced in this past year, I must say, may have bested me. Because life has not added up. It has not made sense. This past eight to 10 weeks has not made sense. Oh, we try, we try to figure it out, don't we? We try to look at statistics, we try to look at numbers, we try to look at all the news sources, and very, very few times do we run back to the, the true vine, the source that Jesus says that he is. And I'm facing illogical moments right now. You're facing illogical moments right now. And the truth is, is that if we face them without truth, these illogical moments will beat us. They will destroy us. They will break us down. They will hinder us from moving forward. We have to set our mind on the truth. And I wish I could tell us that the force of will and personality and talent is all that it takes to bridge the gaps of illogical dissonance that we experience in life, but I can't. The only thing that has kept me is truth. And not my truth, but the truth, the spirit of truth that guides me into all truth. John 16, 13, the sanctifying truth that changes me. John 17, 17, the sum of truth, which is his word. Psalm 119, 160, the truth that leads me. Psalm 25, verse five, the truth that became flesh. John chapter one, verse 14, the truth that brought me forth. James chapter one, verse 18, and the truth that I've been called to walk in. Psalm 86. 6, verse 11, and the truth that sets you and I free, John chapter 8. It's truth. That's my truth. That's the inventory of my truth. I've got to run to that space. I've got to run to that inventory. 
What is your inventory this morning? What's in your cupboard? Everybody's running out for extra rolls of toilet paper. I need extra rolls of truth. <laughs> that might have not have been a PC comment, I know. <laughs> this is my inventory. <laughs> I keep myself anchored in that. You notice that none of that's my truth? Every single statement that I just said right there is right here. I didn't have to make that up. That's not wordsmithing. I'm not that smart. Surprise. That's the Bible. And we get excited about it when someone says it, but guess what? You have it sitting right there next to you. It's the source. And so the first thing that I must understand about being connected to the vine is that I gotta keep a constant inventory of truth and that truth only comes from staying connected to him. It only comes from abiding in him. Number two, the second thing that we must understand is that we must secure the guest list. We must secure the guest list. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verses four through five says this, we demolish arguments and every proud thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God and we take every thought captive to obey Christ. Here's the truth we must understand today. Our minds do not have to have an open invite. Come on. I'm gonna say that one more time just so we can get an amen online this morning. Our minds do not have to have an open invite. This will set so many of us free today because many of us are running around allowing everything into our mind. We're just like, hey, come in, come in, come in, come in, come in, come in. Come in, and then we wonder why we're confused, and we wonder why we're jaded, and we wonder why we're cynical, and we wonder why we're in pain, and we wonder why it feels so weighty in here. It's because we've literally let the world into our minds. Can I just set you free this morning? You set the guest list. You're the one who allows who can come in and what can come in, and you can easily say, not, not allowed. No vacancy at the end. Once again, Oswald Chambers helps us with this profound thought when he said, no thought is ours until it can be expressed in words. Immediately a thought is when it's expressed in words, it returns to the brain as an idea upon, upon which we now work. In other words, if I allow an open mind to all these other things, I'm not talking about thinking, I'm not talking about being that type of person, I'm talking about what thoughts we allow to come in, what sources we allow to come in, and then we speak it out, and the minute we speak it out, we secure that thing, so when, when someone says, you are not worth something, and then you allow that thought to generate itself to this mouth right here, and you declare it in that moment, I'm not worth something, you allowed your mind a building block to start working off of, but we are told right here in scripture, that I take every argument, I take everything that puffs itself up against Jesus because he did not say that. That is not our source. That is not your reality. And I can pull it down and I can say, uh, you've been defeated by the true vine. Who are you allowing in? What are, I must consider the source. My kids always wanna know who's gonna be where we're going. Every time we say, hey, we're going over to grandma and grandpa's. Well, who's gonna be there? Grandma and grandpa. That's who's gonna be there. They have a dog, two dogs. They'll be there. No, no, but who else is gonna be there? We're gonna be there. No, 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 but, but who else? 
Now, I know in that moment they're looking for like Hannah to be there or one of their friends to be there. But they always ask, no matter where we're going, like, who's going to be there? We're going to the store. Well, who's going to be there? I have no idea. It's Smith's. See, but here's the thing. My kids are interested in the guest list because they are beginning to understand that whoever is in attendance sets the tone and the atmosphere of that particular moment. And we wonder about the atmosphere of this. And I just wonder if we've secured the guest list. See, our minds are very much like the event that we're going to. And whoever's invited is important because the guests invited to the party of my mind set the tone and the atmosphere of my mind. So we have to secure the guest list. And if you ain't on the list, you ain't getting in. You got to get some bouncers up in that grill. Some Some people to help you out potentially. My wife, she's a great bouncer. She is. I mean, she, po- <laughs> no, mm-mm. Mm-mm. can't get in there. Don't let them in, Jason. They're, they're nasty. Don't, don't let them in. Don't let that in. And don't they, don't those thoughts, don't those sources, don't they hover? Have you ever noticed that? Man, they're needy, aren't they? They hover around you. And they're just like, ooh, I'm going to get in. I'm going to get in. Right? That, that, like, that's the way that it feels sometimes. I know that I can wake up on some days. I've, I've, I've told you this. Mondays are hard days for our house. Mondays are hard days. And literally, from the moment I get up, I feel like there's 55 different thoughts just like, I'm going to get you. Right? And they're trying to get in. And Monday is when I've got to get to the vine. Monday is when I've got to connect to the vine. Monday is when I've got to secure that guest list. Tuesday, I've got to secure that guest list. Thursday, by the time I get to Thursday, I haven't let anything in. And now I've got this grand little party running around up on my mind that is truth and it's good and it's peace and it's joy and it's love. Why? Because I secured the guest list. The great C.S. Lewis put it this way. We are all trying to let our mind and our heart go their own way. Centered on money or pleasure or ambition and hoping in spite of this to behave honestly and chastely and humbly. And that is exactly what Christ warned us you could not do. As he said, a thistle cannot produce figs. If I am a field that contains nothing but grass seed, I cannot produce wheat. Cutting the grass may keep it short, but I shall still produce grass and no wheat. Watch what he says now. He says, if I want to produce wheat, the change must go deeper than the surface. I must be plowed up and re-sown. See, let's put it a different way. The problem that so many of us are facing right now is we are trying to produce a fruit in our lives that does not represent the seed that we've allowed to be planted. Now, I'm going to say that one more time (laughs) because... That's a really important point. Some of us are trying to bear fruit that does not represent the seed that we've allowed to be planted. I want peace, but we planted chaos. I want joy, but I've planted bitterness. I want freedom, but I've planted unforgiveness. I want hope, but I've planted fear. And have you ever noticed that weeds tend to grow faster than flowers? What are you sourcing your mind with? And when we secure the guest list, we are making sure that the right people, the right thoughts, the right feelings are sourcing our minds and our lives. And it amazes me, come on, if you're like me, it amazes me how hard we will work to make sure that nothing gets into my natural home that I don't want there. 
but we will gladly allow anybody, everything, and any thought into our mind. Like, how many of you know what I'm talking about? The salesmen that walk up to your doors? How many of you are like me? Were you like, <laughs> you know who it is. And if you notice the salesman, and if you're a salesman online, this morning that goes door to door, I love you, but I just gotta say, like, back off my door a little bit. Because they're right there. Have you ever noticed? They're like right on the threshold of your door. So how many of you are like me, but you literally open the door? You don't open it like a normal person at that point. You like, hello? Who <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Like you crack, like the bug guy, right? He's just, you're like, hello? You crack it just a little bit. Why? Because you don't want to have a conversation with him. I don't want what you're selling. I had the window guy like at my house like four times during COVID. I'm like, guys, I don't need windows right now. I need flour. We protect our homes. Question is, do we protect our minds? Who are you allowing? What are you allowing? Source. Sourcing your mind today. And here's the third one and the final one. We must allow the counselor to work. We must allow the counselor to work. Psalm 16, verses 7 through 9. If you tuned in this week to our COVID Chronicles, Pastor Andrew and I had a, a blast this week. Um, and we read from a psalm that we covered a little bit in, in what we were calling happiness hacks. But we laid off of this particular piece of scripture because I wanted to be able to cover it this morning. And if you didn't get to watch COVID Chronicles, head back to our YouTube page, subscribe, and you can check that out. But Psalm chapter 16, verses 7 through 9 says this, I will bless the Lord, watch what he does, who counsels me. I will bless the Lord who counsels me. And then, and I want you to hear, hear the language that the psalmist is using right now. Even at night, when my thoughts trouble me. Come on, how many of us have been there before? How many of us there are, are right now in this moment when my thoughts trouble me? And watch what he says that he does. I always let the Lord guide me because he's at my right hand. And I will not be shaken. So therefore, this is, this is the, this is kind of what happens after I allow the Lord who counsels me, even at night when my thoughts trouble me, I always let the Lord, Lord guide me. Verse nine tells us what happens when we engage in that, that relationship. He says this, therefore my heart is glad and my whole being rejoices. Watch what he says, and my body also rests, rests securely. How many of you are thankful for God's word this morning? <laughs> that tells us when I allow the counselor to do his work in my life that, that my heart is glad and that my whole being rejoices and my body also rests securely. I think if I want a glad heart so many times, I've gotta have gladness around me all the time. But the truth is I just gotta let the counselor work. And my whole being to rejoice and be full of joy is not because I have all the things that I want or I'm just in a happy mood that day, but rather it's because I allowed the counselor to work in me. And my body rests securely, why? Not because I'm, I'm drugging it or throwing alcohol into it or numbing it or doing all the things that I need to do to get it to rest securely, that's artificial. My body rests securely because I've allowed the counselor to do his work. 
And when he works on my heart and he works on my mind, my soul rests. And when my soul rests, the anxiety that's in me and causing my, my faculties to want to move and shift and causing my mind to wander, when the counselor does his work, I rest. And the truth is, I know this psalm right now. My body does not rest at night the way that I want it to or need it to. And I'll tell you these past few weeks especially, but this year, if I can just be straight with you, if I can be real with you, <laughs> there have been many restless nights. There have been many interrupted nights where my mind is wandering my heart is pacing. And it's in those moments I'm learning. I'm not by any means perfect at it, but I'm learning to allow the counselor to do his work. To sit and assess. Jason, what are you, what are you worried about right now? What are, you, what are you fearful of right now? What's troubling you right now? What's hurting you right now? And if I'm honest, a lot of people could think like, oh, well, you know, Jason, he seems like, you know, because I get really passionate and I'll shout at you and I'll yell at you and everything like that. But there's a lot of, there's a lot of stuff that's, that stays inside of me that I, that I have to grapple with and, and, and work with and, and not always wearing my emotions all the time the way that maybe I should even process them and work through. And I know that in my life, if you're like me, it's even hard to speak to the counselor. I'm talking about God right now on this deal. Because here's the truth of the matter. I feel stronger, I feel stronger when I'm holding things. The problem is, is that's a recipe for actual weakness. But when I release it, even though it's the scariest thing to release, when I give things to my wife that I need to, to tell her and, and, and to release to her, it's scary because guess what? It makes me feel like I don't have everything in control. And the truth is, is that I don't. <laughs> this thing's wild. I thought about calling this message, if it had a secondary title, I thought about calling this message where the wild things are because that's the truth sometimes. And they gnashed their big teeth. And they showed me their big claws. How many of you have read that book before? And that's my thoughts. Those are, my, those, those are the things that are, that are running around here so many times. But the counselor, the true vine, the belt of truth, the word of truth, the way the truth and the life, when I connect to him and when I stay connected to him, when I abide in Christ, all of a sudden I'm sourced with different nutrients. I'm sourced with different thoughts. I'm sourced with different ideas. I'm sourced with different strength. Not from me, but from him. And it's in that place right there as I consider my source that I find 
rest for my soul. My body lies securely and my mind shuts down and I'm refreshed. Why? Not because I'm trying to work it all out, not because I'm trying to hold it all together, but because I connected to the true vine and his name is Jesus.